Welcome to Chamberlain University's MSN CourseCast. Each episode in our series will introduce and discuss key concepts from the modules in one of your courses. These episodes are intended to enhance your learning when you're on the go, so feel free to listen to them anytime and anywhere. And welcome to the second of three podcasts for NR515, Informatics and Healthcare. I'm Dr. Marcia Bergfeld, an informatics nurse specialist working with Chamberlain College of Nursing. In this installment, I would like to touch upon the electronic medical record, a behind-the-scenes experience, touch on standardized terminologies, and conclude with a discussion of patient care technologies. In our current healthcare environment, most acute care health systems have moved to, or are in the process of moving to an electronic healthcare information system as either an electronic medical or health record. There are many organizations on their second or even their third systems. Can you imagine? So we are speaking of vendor systems such as Epic, Cerner, Meditech, McKesson, to name a few. In addition, there may be additional third-party vendor applications that are integrated with the aforementioned systems. It can truly be overwhelming to try and identify all of the systems and software in play to accomplish an accurate and secure information system that benefits patients, healthcare providers, and the healthcare systems that provide their services. I would like to address the topics of EMR, EHR, and standardized terminologies in a personal, historical, and experiential story. Let's turn the pages of the calendar back to the year 2003. I was working for a large hospice organization that was beginning to create their own proprietary electronic medical record. As I joined the team, which consisted of me and a computer programmer, foundation of the system was the computerized database of patient information, including patient ID, patient demographics, hospice admitting diagnosis, additional diagnoses, insurance information, allergies, diet, activity level, date of admission, hospice admitting physician, information that you can equate with today's ADT or admission discharge transfer systems. The first order of business was to make this information available to the unit leaders and the nursing staff as appropriate. Having worked as a staff nurse just prior to joining this team, I was instrumental in the development of this representation, both on screen and in printed form, limited information from this becoming a system generated shift report form. The benefits for this would be realized in pre-printed current information at the time of report and real-time patient demographic information at the ready to connect with billing information and patient clinical information. When considering the ADT information collected on a patient, for instance, name, address, social security number, diagnosis, insurance information, date of admission, date of transfer, discharge, death, location of services, all of this information is also needed by the billing department. So in terms of electronic systems, 
these data elements as part of a patient database would be populated from the database to the demographic program or module to the billing module or application. I hope that this example helps you to begin to understand the behind the scenes working of the EMR. As if the system development was not complicated enough, diagnostic codes that are utilized by the EMR systems to standardize the identification of primary and secondary diagnoses, the International Classification of Diagnoses, was beginning their conversion from the 9th to the 10th version. These are commonly known as ICD-9 or ICD-10 codes. So those codes were required for diagnosis fields for both patient clinical information and ADT, as well as billing. Let's talk for a moment about procedures and treatments and consulting services that a patient requires or a diagnosis requires. Enter another code, the current procedural terminology or CPT code, which is a code set that is used to represent medical diagnostic and surgical service or intervention performed by various healthcare providers. These codes were also cross-referenced within the EMR from the clinical and order system to the billing system. The last set of codes that I would like to introduce you to is the National Drug Code or NDC code, which is a unique 10 or 11 digit universal product identifier for human drugs used in the United States. Now we'll really see how many different places within the EMR that this code might be utilized. Patient medication history, provider orders, medication administration, allergies, discharge information, and of course, billing. At the hospice organization, the foundation of the EMR was the patient demographic information and the billing components. From this, we branched out next to the medication module of our system and sought to develop the Electronic Medication Administration Record, or MAR. Having provided the previous dialogue regarding database and coding, you can now imagine the many fields that were required for the medication list, including the drug, the dose, the route, and frequency, as well as dates and times the medication was ordered, administered, and potentially completed or discontinued. An important link within this component is, of course, allergies. Due to the impact on the patient, we spent considerable time in not only building the database that would drive the MAR, the user-facing MAR screens, making sure that the most accurate, safe, and user-friendly application could be developed, but we also spent considerable time in both alpha and beta testing. Once this aspect of the EMR was implemented for use, our focus then turned to patient assessment documentation. Because of the intimate work performed with the programmer for all of the previous portions of the EMR, the programmer let me design and build the nursing, physician, and ancillary care provider documentation. Once the form builds were completed, they were handed over to the computer programmer to program and associate with the database. This was the most challenging yet rewarding part of this development, not only from the technologic perspective, but from the collaboration that was required with all groups of care providers. Once this work was completed, this documentation component tested and implemented 
our development shifted to the patient plan of care. This provided the next great challenge for us as we sought to somewhat standardize the language used for the plan of care development. This was not an easy task with a multidisciplinary plan of care. For this hospice, the closest standardized terminology was the North American Nurses Diagnosis Classification, or NANDA, and I proceeded to modify this classification in a hospice multidisciplinary friendly way. I hope that you can see how standardized language is imperative in these systems. As you reflect on all of this dialogue depicting the development of our first EMR, we not only had to develop the electronic versions, but also create all downtime forms that could be used in an emergency. I was charged with this task, as well as the training of all of the system components. We utilized the train the trainer method for this, and were successful in implementing all of the components illustrated in my story. Another nuance for this hospice was the capability for the home care nurses to document with a laptop or a handheld device in the home, yet another layer of complexity that we needed to consider. So that you are aware, the year is now 2005. Two years in the making, substantial numbers of enhancement requests, code updates, and further development of required components, we could no longer keep up with the degree and the amount of change needed, and the decision was made to abort further development and begin the search for a vendor product to convert to. Through the story, I not only shared a day in the life or two years in the life of someone that worked with a computer programmer to develop a proprietary homegrown EMR, you were introduced to a variety of forms of standardized terminologies and codes that were used in these systems. Upon reflection, as the years then passed, it became clear that conversion to a vendor product would have been inevitable in the future as EMR system complexity and regulations increased and healthcare information systems moved towards meaningful use. As much as I hate to admit it, we would have had a hard time being able to keep up with the demands for this technology on our own. I encourage you to review the course lessons on standardized terminologies, as well as meaningful use. I believe that my story provides a frame of reference for you on both topics. An additional consideration in this is also the degree to which data must be reported. This would have been an additional consideration that we would have had to have faced. Related to patient care technologies, the hospice environment in which I worked did not rely on the degree of patient care technologies currently in use. The PIXIS, or the medication cabinet, did interface with the EMR. The nurses documented the medication administration in the EMR, but we were not using barcode scanners at that time. Computers, laptops, and handheld devices were used for documentation. Fast forward, to the year 2020, and there are vast patient care technologies in use, both within care environments as well as remotely. And the majority of these are capable of working in concert with the EMR. From vital sign machines to fully equipped smart rooms, the sky is really the limit here, as we now look to artificial intelligence to assist with robotic surgeries and clinical decision-making and diagnosis. I hope that you will engage with all of the information contained in the module 
and into reading supplements. I believe that this introduction to EMRs, standardized languages, and patient care technologies will provide a nice foundation for you. Thanks for listening, and I will see you for a third and final podcast. Now that you've explored some important concepts related to your modules, if you have not done so already, please turn your attention to the course materials in your online course for additional application and practice of these concepts.